The devil's on my shoulder. Devil in the world. Now she is my guilty pleasure. If you give this ass a squeeze, pretty how I give you pleasure. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode six of the checkpoint. I think it's six. Things happened this past weekend and I got a little bit delayed. Yes, episode six. And if it's not, oh well, thank you. Who's really counting anyway? I'm just working. Doing the best that I can while I can. It is now Black History Month. We are seven days in Black History Month. And we know it's short, so we don't have much to go in this month. But again, we're going to do the best that we can with what we got. Hopefully, y'all had a good week last week. Let me move. Hold up. Hold up. Wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. Wait. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. In the words of Karen, the grand dame, when her wig was shifting. But hopefully, y'all had a good week last week. What was last week? Did I, how was my last week? I don't See, this is why I try to do these things on Sunday, because if I don't film on record on Sundays, I really forget how my week was. But I last week, were we snowed in? Yes, we were snowed in, right? It's all the blur. Everything is just coming together and it's getting real confusion. I feel like last week and this week is it's, it's, it's between like. Saw four and saw five. You know they're both saws, but you you don't know what happened, but something happened. Um, yeah, but I think I had a good week. Yeah, because I went ahead and made that decision about um, the job stuff, um, which I really finalized that decision yesterday, and that was really tough. I had a difficult conversation with. Um, so you know what? Let me tell y'all the true tea. Before I go any further into um, the laundry list of things I need to get off my chest, and Grammys, you're on that list. But um, so, as y'all know, I was fortunate enough to have more than one job offer, right? That was given to me as of recently. So I had told myself, I was like, well, um, I'm just going to see what I can do here. I'm going to I'm going to put my best foot forward and if anything happens, at least I could gather myself, um, meaning I can gather the coin um from this particular organization and I can, you know, just get, you know, stack the money up from them and also stack the money up from my last organization that I'm leaving because I get paid from them and also Stack the money up from the final job offer because that starts at the end of the month and then that'll flow right into like another big loan sum of a pay. However, 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 I am not the con artist that I thought I was because on the first day of the first job offer that I took, I was I was going through it mentally like they were so kind and so nice and just so welcoming and so appreciative of my experience and what I could do for the team that I know for a fact with my confidence and my skill set, I would have done 
everything that we really put our minds to and set as goals. I, I do think that I'm a badass in terms of what I do and what I bring to a team and how I pour into a team. I, so I believe that. But I was just like, man, I can't do these to these folks, dog. Like, bro, I can't do these to these people. Man, they too nice, dog. Like, I got to I gotta cut it short, bro. Like, my, my, my heart will win on me. Like, my conscience will just kick it in. So I was like... I'm gonna just call it. I'm gonna just call it what it is, man. I can't do it no more, bro. I can't do it no more, dog. That ain't in me, man. So yeah, so um, I said goodbye to my con days before I even got started, and I told them that I will just move forward with the job offer that fits me the most and just more aligned with my career, which it is, but. I don't know how JT was doing it. JT was out there stealing credit cards and stuff. And I don't know how you scam artists do it. I just, I would, I would go to the, the police station or at least to the people house and say, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't really mean it. I was just going through some more times and I really needed, I, I can do that. People, people make careers out of scamming. I can't do it. I, I used to feel guilty for looking at people who, um, well, write me on teams and really need help. And I used to be like, you know, I can't do XYZ because um, I'm sick right now. And I don't want to be the damn sick. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't want to risk. Not, and I would feel bad and eventually do what they wanted me to do. <sighs> the people with the big hearts, we carry so much guilt. And it's so hard for us to just get over on people, which is why we don't. Shout out to the Libras out there. Libra gang. Libra gang. What it is. What it is. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, before I even move on to, I'm going to save the best for last because I'm going to get in that ass. Um, Renaissance tour announced last week and the world stopped. Carry on. So we all woke up Wednesday or Thursday morning to the announcement that Beyonce, Giselle, Third War, Nose Carter was finally kicking off the Renaissance World Tour starting in May. She's going over there to the UK across the pond to be with her her friends across the pond, aka Adele. Um, so most of us, if you were like me, you signed up for uh the you registered for the ticket lottery system um which has been absolutely trash it has been disgusting i don't know what ticket master ticket master i don't know what you're doing i don't know why you're doing it i don't know who sat in the conference room and all raise their hands for yays and no hands raised for nays but boo but boo it sucks this sucks why am i having to go against the freaking lottery system to get a ticket i miss the good days where people would just battle it out credit card a credit card debit card a debit card and whoever get the tickets first get the tickets first you're telling me that i'm not getting a ticket I'm not, I'm not getting a ticket. I'm not getting a ticket because you didn't fucking pick my name. You didn't pick my name. 
My credit card spends the same way everyone else's credit card spends. But yet, instead, I am sitting on the second day of these fucking pre-sales and I don't have a ticket. I don't have a ticket, man. I am pissed. I am livid. I am seething at the thought that some random pandem Billy Bob and his daughter are going to see that woman in tour. Mind you, she can't even say bad bitches to the left because she's too young. I am upset because there is some tangled weave crooked lace front girl at her cubicle that is going to see Beyonce and for the past umpteen some years she kept saying Beyonce is overrated she ain't even all that she ain't even all that cute Jay-Z cheated on her now that heifer it gonna she's gonna be on the first row probably waving her hands like she's a fan and she is a fraud you are a fraud. You people who got tickets, you don't even know half of her catalog, but you're going to take your bad built Lego block milk carton ass bodies down there and be the first ones in line. And I am hating and I don't mind saying I'm hating because right now it is a good time to hate. I hope you lose your phones. I hope that your phone go dead right when you're supposed to freaking scan in. Not look at you. Not look at you. You almost made it to the gate, but now you got to go back home where the fuck you belong. Sweets. Girlies. How I fat. Damn it. I am upset. I am appalled. I am shocked. Where's my water? Because I'm not drinking for it until the 30th. I mean, there's no 30 days in this month. I'm 28. You know what I mean. It's a 30-day no drinking thing. And I, oh, brethren, oh, brethren, oh, brethren. I almost popped one yesterday. I was nervous. I was ups- <sighs> <sighs> You. You know what? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. What is for me, what is for me, what is for me will be for me. It's fine. It's fine. Everyone that, you know, if you listen to this and you didn't get a ticket, just know I see you. We stand as a family. We stand as a community of people that uplift her with her catalog with her her beautiful children even her man that used to sell rocks we uplift them as a family because we are family and i just want to let you know that we will be okay and we will get tickets soon okay just stay the course do not give up do not give up because we come too far without visuals to not be able to see the main visual which is her in concert i have faith and it should be enough for the both of us. Oh, yeah. And you know, it's feel, it's, Ticketmaster, this feel very anti-black and anti-gay um, and anti-black um, woman and anti-beehive um, anti for you to do this to us on Black History Month. And I, I'm, I'm going to investigate it. In the words of the authorities, when they see wrong has happened, even though they don't want to make a decision, I'm, we're going to investigate this. And we'll get back with you. 
with the clear answer that we all see, which is trifling. And to and, and Ticketmaster, you're not alone. Let me AMC. I don't know who told you, sweetheart, that the tickets to your movie theater was affordable before you made this piss poor decision. But your tickets were were never cheap. They were never given cheap. They were never given that. So I don't know why you feel the need to now want to upcharge your tickets to see movies based off of where you sit. So if I want to sit at the freaking top row to see the movie like everyone else, I got to pay a higher price because of the ticket. What? What are you talking about? Who 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 are you? How dare you? We kept your lights on during the pandemic. We kept those lights on. Now you want to upcharge families? And it's, and it's not even about me because I can afford the ticket. I'm pissed that I have to pay more. Yes, but I can afford the ticket. Thank God. But you have people, you have families out there who can't even afford to have a week full of groceries that sometimes want to have a luxury experience, which some people include going to the movies with their kids to see the, the biggest blockbuster movie. And you want to upcharge a family? Imagine having four kids. Hell, imagine having two and you want to buy them a ticket. But now not only you have to buy them a ticket, you almost have to put a down payment on a freaking phone. Then the, then the snacks at the theaters are expensive. You, you money-hungry, disgusting corporations in this country, it's about time that Joseph Biden and Kamika Harris, y'all do something. Y'all need to do something now. Do something now. This is your time because they're getting way too comfortable. They're getting way too cozy in the skin they're in. I don't like it. We out here paying $40 for four eggs. Packs of Kool-Aid are no longer 25 cents. They're 85 cents for, pow for freaking powder drink. The little naps that my grandma and them used to eat that ain't even cheap no more. That's almost a, 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 a freaking price of a medium fry from somewhere. And you want to upcharge a movie ticket? And the people, Hollywood, actors, actresses, producers, writers, this is your time now. Because y'all be pretending to be like the everyday people when y'all be saying like, I'm putting my foot down. Groceries are just too high and I can't stand to see this. Okay, whatever, girl. You not like us. You have all the funds in the world. Stop playing. But since you want to pretend to care for the people, this is your moment now because, see, this really impacts you for real, for real. When people stop paying to go to see the big blockbuster movie because it's too high and they got to forfeit the freaking light bill or go to the movies, that's too much. You're going to miss out. You're going to miss out. Your budget will go down the drain. It's going to circle the drain. No Katy Perry. It's going to circle the drain. No Katy Perry. I hear upcharging prices. Like tickets were already fucking twelve dollars. What they gonna be if I want to sit in the back? Twenty two. You niggas is weird. You niggas is mad weird. And if you're not of 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 African American descent or African, don't it don't don't smile when I say that word because it ain't for you. Close your ears. Because I'm gonna keep saying it, but close your ears. And speaking of speaking of my uh, my fellow niggas out there. Can we, can y'all start making safe spaces for people who don't know how to play spades? Like, I know that spades is like, it's a, it's a staple in the black community. You know, I feel like you learn how to 
walk, you learn how to ride a bike. Not me though. I don't know how to ride a bike. We'll get into that. It's a long story. Um, sad story actually. You learn how to ride a bike, you learn how to brush your teeth, tie your shoe, and you learn how to play spades. I don't, I don't, I don't listen, for me, for me. I'm a little bit too sensitive to play space. It's just a little bit. When you people play space, it's a little bit violence. It's it's a lot of anger and aggression. It's a lot of bloody cussing and slapping things on the table. And I just can't get with it. So I choose to not participate in it. And I just watch for fun and for entertainment. It's it's a it's just a lot to have to bam, bitch. It's a lot. I don't want to. I don't want to do that all the time. You know. Just a little bit too violent. I'm a little bit too sensitive. I don't know if you want to punch me or not. I don't know if you would want to fight me or not. And if you want to fight, just let me know. Because if you want to fight, I don't mind doing that. But I can't be confused with the anger and aggression that you put on the table. It's not. It's not okay. It's. It's not normal. And I think we should change it rather soon for that to be an expectation to be black. Okay. Cause it'd be a lot. Like y'all be cursing people out and calling them names, and I'm too I'm too much of a deep thinker and overthinker, and I don't know if you really want to like fight or not. Like I don't know if you've been holding this in for some years or not. It's your time to get it out on like some joke and stuff. But like, if you want to move the table out, and we can just like, we can you know what I'm saying we can throw some and then see what's up and then see who really gonna get the books. So, don't ask me to play, cause. That ain't my sport. That ain't that ain't my ministry. Uh, what the what? I want AT and T to suffer because what is going on? Um, what in the Hello Kitty? Anyway, guys, the world on Sunday. February 5th, 2023. I'm finna drink some water because I'm really, I was upset with Ticketmaster, but I'm really upset about this. On February 5th, 2023, the 65th, I don't know, the oldest hell Grammys happened. It occurred. And if you're like me with award shows, I've been a fan of award shows since I was a kid. I will always watch the award shows to see the amazing talent and to see who won the awards for things that I think they deserve to win based off of albums, movies, songs, whatever. But this particular Grammys, it was something special. We had quite a few superstars coming back to the game, right? We were missing we were missing Rihanna and Nicki and um my J. Cole and Drake, but Nicki ain't coming no time soon. So but anyway, we had Adele. Her amazing album, 30, was up for some noms. We had um, um, Tay-Tay Swift. She was present. Whether y'all like her or not, she's like one of the headliners in the industry. She is she's one of those girls that's that girl. Um, we had H to the O 
VA. We had Hove, we had Jay-Z. And most importantly, we had, again, Beyonce, Giselle, Third War. What? Third World Quarters? What? Anyway, we had Beyonce Giselle, Third Ward, Nose Carter. Okay? We had her in the building. We had her in the building. Well, at first we didn't have her in the building. We was all like panicking. Like, where's she at? Oh my God. Jay Z's here, but where's Beyonce? Did something happen? Oh my God. Call her. Call her. Call her. Call her now. And she came. And when she came, according to the article that came out after the show, which I'm going to pin, we're going to pin this. But after she showed up, the viewership spiked 70%. And not only did it spike 70%, the the award show that happened this past Sunday was the biggest viewership from the past three years. Though the last three years have been the lowest, this particular year has been the highest out of the three. So this night... Beyonce made history. She is now the most awarded artist, man or woman, in the Recording Academy history. Great. Beautiful. If you're a fan, we knew that would happen because, uh, duh, Beyonce, talent, icon, innovator, performer. What? Duh. But if you're also a fan... You know that Renaissance was an album that we heard about through the internet grapevine as far as like saying her next project would use house music and be inspired by house music. But when that album dropped and she didn't drop any visuals, she just let us rock with it. That album shifted a community of black people who loved the origins of house music, male or woman. It shifted the black community, the black gay community, because it also allowed them to feel seen. There's, there was a celebration for us. There was a, a liberation for who we are and what we poured into our um, communities, right? And what we gave to the art scene when it comes to music and fashion, it was acknowledging, it was acknowledging the beauty in our struggle. It was acknowledging, and not just the gay community, but black people, black, black women, like that album was a breath of fresh air that said, I'm going to acknowledge who I am, how I am, what I've been through, what I want to do in life, and everything that makes me who I am. She took us to church. She acknowledged in Church Girl that those of us, particularly Black women, those people, those of us who've been in the church that somehow feel like we have to isolate our human experience while also being believers and also having strong faith and also pouring out um, the kindness and love and the the acceptance and uh, uh, going against the injustices in our community and 
allowing people to feel safe and seen and, and just poured into them and speaking prosperity over their lives as a community within those church bounds. Like, but at the same time, being shunned for who we are wholly and breaking away from the expectation, right? And that you can be all things and still be that thing. She spoke about the uniqueness that our community have when it comes to fashion and how we exude this like star power that's out of this world that so many people aim to get. She talked about like just letting her hair down and being comfortable with someone even all of the that we've been through as 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 kids and you know how that can stop someone from like it's just a beautiful album that just makes you dance and feel free that album moved mountains for people that cried fountains and it was up for album of the year and it was up and I only, I'm not going to mention everyone in that category because not everyone should have been in there. There was a lot of people in there. It was as if, I'm not going to make that Lakers joke, but it was right there. But she was up against Lizzo for special, Adele for 30, um, Kendra Lamar for um, Mr. Morales and the Big Stepper. And everyone else, oh, and she was up uh, against Harrietta Styles. Now, everyone knew that Adele won against Lemonade for 25. Taylor Swift had won against something, and then some other white dude had won. But this was the year that everyone felt like, even Adele, even Lizzo, you should have felt that way, but I don't know why you set up jumping for the man. But everyone knew that this was going to be the, the, the time that she got it. I stood up in my living room. I stood in the living room with Robert. And my other friend, we stood up here, we were excited, we were getting ready to, to cheer. And when Trevor Noah went to that to that um, lady of a certain age and she said, Harry Styles, I unplugged my TV. The recording, listen, there is no way in the hell y'all sit on that board as fans of music as fans of the culture that music provides for this country, for the people in this country, there is no way y'all watched the, the, the release of Harry's House and the release of Renaissance and felt like his album should have been album of the year. Do you Beyonce album was played in clubs from start to finish with no in-between, with no other transitions. The album was the damn transition. And y'all chose to give it to a white man that pretends to be queer on some kind of spectrum. I don't, he's, to, to deny her album of the year when her album itself is about one of the communities that Harry pretends to be a part of while also liberating her people, while also getting people back in the mood to feel good. And his album is about drugs and coke. It's about being high on cocaine at party and forgetting somebody's name. 
the production itself that's in Renaissance, you old, crusty, orthopedic, white men and women that vote on the Academy, I want you removed now. Take your Dr. Shows and get the rolling because there is no way y'all should have say-so over music anymore y'all used this woman yet again y'all gave her those awards in the r&b categories and y'all made her the first black woman to win for best um dance electronic and that's questionable she's the first black woman we still on the first when it comes to music categories that's crazy but y'all chose to give her that because you didn't want her to win the big categories yet again it's like you always say here get this this should be enough this should be enough you don't want her to be the real winner in the categories of where your white descendants sit and it's disgusting it's disgusting that she has to even be in a room in a category with some people who don't even have half of the a third of the talent that she has and this is why she don't do nothing with y'all. This is why. This is why Rihanna ain't coming back. No time soon. Not to the Grammys. This is why Jay-Z stopped messing with y'all. This is why Kendrick comes and goes. This is why J. Cole don't really care about that. This is why Nicki be on y'all ass. Y'all are full of BS. BS. And I didn't even get to the hip-hop section when y'all didn't invite La Kim, Foxy, Will Smith. But y'all invite... I'm sick of it. 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 Beyonce, we're going to hold you down, sis. We're going to keep holding you down. You know what I'm saying? Day one's over here. Give me some tickets. Take me off the wait list ASAP. Whew. All right, y'all. We're going to take a break and hopefully I'll be coming down by then. Try it out today. It's a super easy microphone to set up with your laptop and get started recording your podcast. And again, the sound is so crisp that you should want to try it out today. Behringer Bigfoot microphone. Go to Amazon or your local Best Buy to find it today. Okay, people, we are back from our break. And right now we have in the building my good friend, Jalen Williams. Say hey, Jalen. Hey, everybody. That's not energetic. <laughs> um, so Jalen just, as of today, which is Sunday, he just now listened to the Renaissance album in full, maybe about five times. So he's about 200 times behind everybody else. So since he's trying to get tickets tomorrow to go to the tour. Damn, I'm going to get my turn. <laughs> yeah, speaking to existence, we're going to quiz him on the Renaissance album, and I'm not going to give him too many clues or too many choices. He just needs to know. Are you ready? Let's try. <laughs> okay. Question one: What song says? And I know nobody's perfect. So I let you be. I let you be. 
Is it A, Virgo's groove, B, move, C, cozy, or D, plastic off the sofa? Can you repeat the, um, the first part? The lyric says, and I know nobody's perfect, so I'll let you be. I'll let you be. Plastic off the sofa. Correct. So you got one out of seven, correct, so far. And y'all, however many he gets wrong, he's going to have to send me $5 and I'm going to cash out somebody. (laughs) Okay, so question two. What song transitions right into Alien Superstar? And this would not be any choices. Okay. Um, I I know this song. Ten seconds. Uh, it's either. Can I get okay? Um, I'm gonna give you five additional seconds. I, I think it's, it's it's either energy or it's. I know either. I, I think it's cozy. Uh, uh, correct. That's good. Cozy. Cozy is the correct answer. I knew I knew Alien Superstar was at the top of the album. And then Cozy is like the son of a woman. It's not son of a woman. Well, it was up there. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> let's not make you wrong by it. <laughs> um, hmm, let's see here. Huh. Hmm. This is a good question. What song on Renaissance? Did Aubrey, aka Drake, have a hand in? Is it A, energy, B, move, move. C, thick, or D, heated? I literally just looked this up yesterday. yesterday. Um, I think it's move or it could be heated. It's one of those two. As there's no, you can't have a, a double answer. I'm going to say move. I'm gonna say you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> was it heated? Heated is an answer. Yes. I knew it was one of so you got two right, one wrong, five more to go. Um, let me see here. Hmm. 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 And what song does the lyrics say? Cause we coming straight out the jungle. I need some choices. Okay. Heat it. Break my soul. Church girl. Or move. Church girl. I'm going to say you're wrong, friend. Uh, What was it? it? Break my soul? No. Move. Yes, okay. I I thought it could have been move, but I'm going to say. So you got two wrong, two right. Four more to go. So that's ten dollars. On the album, what is the number one song to start off the album? Like the, the song that the plays sp- when you first start playing. Mm-hmm. What song kicks off Renaissance? I thought you was wrong. Hold on, I know it. Give me two seconds. Uh, 
Ding, 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 ding. It's, it has stored steel in it, doesn't it? Steel? No. Maybe so. I think it just has steel in it. Not in the title. Oh, not, oh okay. Oh. Ain't no song on this album that got steel in it. Okay, so you want to just name that wrong? Okay, so he mm -hmm. got that one wrong. The that? answer was, I'm that girl. Yes, that's what I was thinking. How does it start? How does the song start? You don't know how the number one song starts? It's the first song of the album. It starts out pretty like slow. It sets the stage, I think. Say motherfuckers ain't stopping me. Yeah, motherfuckers ain't stopping me. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, all right, okay. <laughs> Three wrong. No, see, I was doing well. Mm -hmm. you, you did well for two, two, two questions. Three more to go. <laughs> Oh, yeah, these were, were they stopping? Yeah, I remember now. Okay, sorry. What's the second song to last? Second song? Damn. I love the last one. Um, Want me to give you options? Yes. America Has a Problem. That's A. B, All Up in Your Mind. Oh, Pure Honey. Yeah, I got it. Okay, that's yeah. correct. Pure Honey is the correct. So you got how many wrong and how many right? I got three right, two wrong. No. no. <laughs> You got like three, three right, three wrong. wrong. Yeah, <laughs> don't try to cheat. Two more. And what song does Beyonce say? She feel like she can move mountains. Got a friend that cry fountains. Is it break my soul? B heat it. C move. Or D church girl. Feel like she can move mountains. She got a friend that cry fountains. That ain't the melody. So if you sing in the melody, <laughs> if you dash your melody, you for sure gonna get it wrong. Um, shoot, Beyonce. This is very unfortunate. This is very unfortunate. I just started listening. This is very unfortunate. I'm a fan, but that's kind of hard. Feel like I move mountains. Got a friend that cry fountains. Sound like church girls. It's, it's right, but I'm, I'm going to give you that as wrong because you, you four wrong, three no, it, right. It sounded like Chuck, you're yeah, yeah, it was okay. Oh, Lord. <laughs> last song, last song. Okay. No, it's oh, the last song, last one. question. Mm -hmm. Whew, okay, I'm going to try to give you an easy one. This is my last scene. <laughs> <laughs> and... The album. What song does Beyonce say? Tip, tip, tip on hardwood floors, 10, 10, 10s across the board. Shout out, I want you to tip, tip, tip back in your bed. Thank you so much. So tip, tip, tip on hardwood floors, 10, 10, 10s across the board. That's not your cue, shout out. I need you to sit down. I can't get some choices. No, 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 no. Oh. You can't get no choices. I this is a... I know that one. I know it too. What mm -hmm. it sounds. Let's see. Okay. Um, can just I, can just I, go with your first half, second half of the album. Last half of the album. Last part of the album. 
Is this summer green event? No. You, I'll give you one more chance. Is it move? All right, we're going to move into him just being <laughs> wrong. The answer was heated. Oh, I was thinking that. Well, you weren't speaking it. So <laughs> thank y'all so much for listening to him and realizing that he does not know the album like he should. And hopefully he knows better by the time September comes around. Because I will be there. <laughs> mm, well, if it is depending on you knowing the lyrics, we know that you will not be. All right, y'all. So Jalen owes somebody some money. Maybe, maybe I should be kind and not because the tickets do drop tomorrow and we need all the the currency that we can have. You want to tell everybody your um, Instagram name before you head out? Uh, yes, it is J underscore KPS, so J-A-Y underscore KPS. All righty. All right, y'all, we're about to go on break, and we'll be right back. Shout out to Anchor for allowing me to make my podcast recording process so smooth and so easy. I just open up my laptop, and I come to anchor.fm, and I just record. It sends it out to Spotify, Apple, and Google podcast platforms and allow me to kick my feet up and know that the message will go out to all of my listeners. And I just check to see how my audience is growing. Anchor is very simple. I don't have to sweat. I don't have to worry about any glitches. It just holds me down by being the anchor that I need in this podcast game. Use Anchor today to start your process and let me know how easy and smooth it is for you. What it do, shawty? What's up? Can I? Can I just? All right, y'all. We are back from the break. Um. So, if you have been listening to the checkpoint, I have been. Hopefully, I have been honest and open. I think that's the whole purpose of this thing. To, to be open and honest and to share my truth from my vantage point and from my experience and the things that I've learned over the years and as I'm learning as I go. Um, and hopefully y'all can feel that too because I the part of the transition and chapter that I'm in now in life, I, I want to be super intentional about everything that I do. I want to be intentional about what I ask God for. I want to be intentional how I listen to God on how I execute the things that he set out for me to do. Um, And I just want to make sure it's purposeful. Not for myself, not only for myself, but also for people that I encounter and I meet. Um, But anyway... This, like, I feel like, uh, so I journal quite a bit. Let me move my chair. Y'all finna, it's finna hear noise. I didn't, I didn't fart. It's just, okay. Um, I have been journaling quite a bit for some time and I've been in therapy, consistent therapy for, uh, over a year now. Um, so. I was thinking other day, like, what, what if I had to name this chapter 
of me life? What would I name it? And I wrote down like um, the art of refining and being intentional. I say that title because I think I mentioned this before um, in a few episodes, but I allow the majority of my 20s to be things to a lot of the things that I did in my 20s. Some of the things were were led by like societal expectations and um, unintentional expectations that came from like childhood things. Some came from, you know, me just choosing and things that I felt right for my soul. And thank God, you know, I have that experience because that's still very much true. Like I want to make sure like I'm on a very authentic path in my life. However, majority of those things caused me anxiety because I felt this like, I felt this heavy burden on trying to do things the way people would either want me to do them or in a way that will make others feel good about me. And I really didn't include how I would feel about myself in that equation. It was always like, how will others view me first before I view myself? So I'm choosing to be more intentional with what feels good to me and what feels what allows me to still be my authentic self. And from that, if people feel blessed from me or if people feel inspired from me, if people feel seen and heard from me, then thank God for that. But if people choose to not rock, rock with me or value me or see me as someone that is deserving, that has nothing to do with me. I can't allow those things to dictate what I do any longer, right? Um, even if that means, even if that means I have to go through some mental and emotional discomfort because of the decision. Because on the other end of that, I'm doing, I'm making that decision because there is a decision on the other end that allows me to be true to myself. And that's the decision that I need to really lock my eyes in on. Um, and one of the most recent things that happened to me lately was the whole job thing. Like you, like I, I've, um, I work in education not as a teacher, not as like a necessary like school level admin, but I work on what I call the enrollment operations side of things, particularly in charter schools where my, um, the first five years, well, first, yeah, where most of the other part of my career has been, has been in the charter school world, K through 12. And with that, my job has to, has been really managing the efforts that go into making sure that we are enrolling scholars in like the schools that I manage because the school models allow them to be the the school models allows them to really 
have a clear path to college. And that meant something to me, right? Like I've always cared about how we show up for kids because I think about my childhood and where I come from. There were like a lot of teachers that wanted to be your friend and not teach. There were a lot of teachers who saw you as your environment and not saw you as someone that can change your environment. There were, uh, it was people in principal roles that didn't care to come do classroom visits. Now that I look back, like all that stuff led into why I wanted to do um, the work that I'm, that I was doing at the time. Um, but things were starting to change in my organization and in terms of people were overlooking the decisions that impacted kids because they wanted to make decisions that made adults feel good. And when I say adults feel good, I mean that made the egos of the adults feel empowered and important and and like, oh, I deserve to make all this money that I'm making because I'm VP or I'm, I'm, I'm chief. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Stupid decisions. Um, and if you know me personally, if if you know me as a as a coworker, if you know me as a friend or as an ex, I, I doubt some of my exes are listening to this. If you are, thank you. Um, but I'm very adamant about advocating for people. I'm adamant about speaking up for what is right for people. And if we do what's right for people, they would do right by the mission. They would do right by making sure that they honor what we set out to do. Because if you're not checking on the people and making sure the people are okay, the people that do the work can't do the work successfully because they're not doing well. Like that's my approach to work. And I started to see people make decisions that impacted kids heavy. And it also made the people that was doing the work have these internal battles that pushed them outside of the organization. And I got tired of, um, I got tired of trying to fight that battle. And I decided to tap out. I said, you know what? I can't um, do this any longer. I can't continue to, to, to tell everyone what I, what I see and what I think we should change. And, and you nod your head at me and you say, okay, I, I agree. I agree. And there is no change. And I go back to those same rooms to fight those battles. I was exhausted. I was tired. Um, and I tapped out. But when I tapped out, I did feel like, oh, wow. Whew. Darius, you're giving up. You're like, this is not a good decision. You're walking away from something that you were set out to do. This is this is not, mm, this, ain't, this ain't good. But then it hit me like, no, that's wrong. One, I needed to redefine and refine how I approached the work that I wanted to put into the world of education. And I spent from the last five years of my life, I've spent it in enrollment. I've been doing that. I've been connecting families. I've been connecting um, those scholars that are in K through 12 to those schools. That's what I've been doing. I've been exposing them to the college spaces but I think now I needed a switch. I needed to now tap into the part of, of the education world that I always wanted to tap into, but I just didn't have the opportunity to do so. So I got an opportunity to be the associate director 
of um, recruitment admissions for this organization that specifically works with young adults ages 18 through 29 to help them transition to um, vocational school spaces or college spaces, as well as providing them opportunities to be interns at some huge corporations where they can exercise what their skill sets are and what their interests are. That means something to me. Personally, that means like I can, I'm visualizing myself tap on the shoulder of the 18 year old Darius that needed someone to transition him into those spaces because I was a high performing um, student in, in all of the grade school but that transition, well, it took the emotional toll on me. I didn't really have a mentor that knew what the role would be like and told me about it. I didn't have that. I didn't have someone saying, hey, these are the internships that best fit your career path. Let's try to get you in a program that fits that. Let's let's work on you directly. Let me look at you. Let me look in your eyes and let you know that you are worthy of these things. You can accomplish these things. I didn't really have that from an adult in the academic space. And now that I have the opportunity to do so, I had to jump on it. Like I couldn't, that's why like, I couldn't, I couldn't take that first offer and be safe and not, and run away from a difficult conversation just because it was the first offer. I had to go against the grain and say, though this is the first offer and though it is safe to not have a difficult conversation, I was going to betray myself if I didn't have that difficult conversation and just say, I appreciate the offer. Thank y'all. But I have something else and I'm really passionate about it. I had to. I, it that was a that was a, an example of me being intentional about what I wanted to pour out into this world and what I wanted to. What parts of my talent and skill set that I wanted to use. And it could hopefully close gaps for people. You can hopefully provide opportunities for people, right? Um, so it kind of changed my mindset on, well, you really didn't quit your old organization. You just, you took a step back. You were honest with yourself. You were intentional about what your next step wanted, which, what you wanted your next step to be. You prayed about it. You, you, you prayed about it. And it happened. And now you just need to be intentional on making sure that you have an open mind and heart as you're asking God how you can be best used in that space. Again, like it's just me refining myself and allowing myself to be to be still and, and sharp in what I want to do, even if that means being uncomfortable for a little bit, for a little bit. That's my, I know y'all tired of asking, but it's my favorite accent. Um. And on top of that, I on top of the career move, right? Being intentional with the career move, a part of me was also holding on to the demise of a successful relationship that I had to let go of. And it was hard for me to really come to terms with letting it go because it was a healthy relationship. It was hard for me to tell myself, 
that ship has sailed because I thought it was because it was successful and I it's hard for like mentally I didn't want to turn in something that was a success into now a failure because I felt like if that was a thing then you're a failure you're you're letting the expectations that you know some people have for you go to waste and you letting your expectations the expectations of you being engaged and married by a certain point you letting it go to waste and recently like i got a confirmation and something that i was praying for something that i needed to like say okay okay god listen you done heard me say this prayer about 15 lamb hundred times father you you know what i'm asking for i just need you to tell me yes my child no my child and i gotta know my child and i was okay i was okay i washed my hands and i said you know what you're right two truths can exist at the same time and i'm a firm believer in that two truths can exist at the same time it was a successful relationship i had fun we did beautiful things had a beautiful time I met some beautiful amazing people that i will always adore to the end of time that accepted me for who i am i will always be there if they reach out i'm gonna be there but the other truth is some good things don't always have a guarantee for lifetime. There's no lifetime guarantee. There's what it is. Like you, it was good. Unfortunately, it wasn't the thing that was going to last a lifetime. However, it was good. Like I was able to experience something good in this life. Like all things that I, I think when we experience good things in this life, we should, we should acknowledge it. We should give thanks and praise for because it did something positive for us we learned something from it it was good to the soul and that's what i'm doing at the same time i'm doing that i am now in a space where like okay there's nothing really wrong with you dude like you're learning you have things to learn about yourself absolutely true but why are you forcing yourself to be in this shell because of you're so afraid of as you're dating that you're going to drop a ball on whatever expectation that you placed on yourself before. Just allow yourself to go through the process. Enjoy it. Be yourself in it. Learn from it. And there are some beautiful things to come from, you know, come from dating again. Do I, do I think the dating pool is trash? absolutely but not all of it is and that's what my mindset is like i can allow myself to date myself while i'm dating people i can i can still learn about myself i can have boundaries for myself as i'm dating as i'm pouring time and giving myself love giving myself affection giving myself words affirmation i can have boundaries for people as i am doing those things i can have input on pressing the button on okay this is good to go i'm i have the input on saying okay this is not working out i i can i can i can do it i can be super super intentional about the standards I have for myself that allows myself to feel seen, that allows myself to feel like I'm like again, like I'm being authentic. Like I'm I'm listening to myself and not 
to, I'm not forcing the expectation from someone else or from society to have a hold on me any longer. I'm doing what feels good for Darius Antoine Johnson. And I think that is a beautiful thing. Um, and I, and I mentioned data myself because though, as I am getting back out there eventually, and like, I'm starting to kind of like dip my little toe in there, a little cuticle, you know what I'm saying? You know, dip a little pink in there, like it's look, and you know what I'm saying? How are people dip their little pink in there, look, cocaine, you know what I'm saying? I don't do cocaine. I'm just making a comparison to cocaine, you know what I'm saying? But as I'm doing that, I realized that like, well, I have been realizing that there are some beautiful intrinsic things about myself and within myself that I really enjoy. Like I have a, a charisma about myself that allows people to feel seen, that allows people to feel safe, that makes people feel confident in who they are and what they can do and what they can accomplish. And I just adore that about myself. And I wanna see that come out more. I wanna see me nurture that more. There is um, a beautiful thing about me putting my time into some of my favorite hobbies, whether that's writing like journaling or writing like poems or like short stories or like I am enjoying it. And I'm, my therapist told me a long time ago, like when you start to be okay with the process, you will find so many beautiful things along the way that you can hold on true. Even when I, I have, this is weird, this is weird, but go with me here, okay? If I'm on a couch watching a movie and I'm laughing and having a good time by myself, sometimes I have an outer body experience and I look at myself like, wow, look at you. You're laughing, you're smiling, you're having a damn good time. And you're in your alone time and it's not miserable. It's just you being who you are and you are feeling confident about it. And when I have those moments, I, le I legit sit up and I sit on the couch and I'm like, honestly, truly there's nothing but God, nothing but God. Like just being intentional and allowing myself to be still, allow myself to feel all the feels, allow myself to just go with the flow. And with the flow for me, it's like the ordered steps that are destined for me. And for me to start reminding myself what is for me, is going to be for me. What I'm meant to do, I can do. What I'm meant to do, I will do. What I'm meant to do, I have the tools to do. Who I'm meant to be with, I will come in contact with. Who I'm meant to be with, I can love. Who I'm meant to be with, they will love me. Who I'm meant to be with, we can build. And it's forced me to be at my own pace and not at anyone else's pace. And as a people pleaser, a chronic people pleaser, to get to that point really has meant a lot because I let go. I let go and I'm letting go of a lot. And I'm sort of kind of tearing up over here. I'm kind of getting a little emotional. 
So I'm glad y'all can't see me crying, but it's the water is about to flow. Um, but yeah, like I've just always been caught up in defining myself off of what everyone saw me provide to them and what they could get from me. And I didn't define myself off of how I viewed myself and what I knew to be true to myself. Like, yeah, we are a people, we are normal. Like we we're human beings. We we need validation sometimes. We need to be um reassured sometimes. But I've gotten to a point where I take that reassurance as confirmation, not as definition. Like, I take it as, okay, this is an example. This this is an example of what I feel like is already true. This, This is an example of how I define myself. I don't wait around for people to give me confirmations for me to have a definition about myself, if that makes sense. So, like for instance, I can give a great example. This past, this last Friday, I left, um, this was my last day of my organization. And in it, oh, I'm really getting emotional over here. In in the meeting, um, they said some beautiful things about me being um, someone in the organization that saw people for people. I will often check in on a person before I check in on the work. I would advocate for people and I would fight for people because I felt like if we can do right by y'all and we can make sure that we pointed your eyes and your potential, your skill set, your beauty, your um unique pers- like and I took that as like because I was also struggling with me believing that as how I was defining myself if that was even true and if God was still using me in a way that meant something not only to myself, but to people. I took that, those words of just pure like gratitude as a reminder and confirmation, Darius, what I told you to be true, this is an example of it. How I was defining myself, my personal missions in life, I was hearing people say that it was being accomplished. And that meant something because it meant that me being intentional about what I put into everything I do, intentional about what I put into people, intentional about how I show up, the impact of that intentionality was as well received to others as it was to me as I was setting that standard. Um, yeah, like, 
I just, I've just been in this state of refining and just listening and just being intentional. I mean, I'm a very, like, people, I may curse, you know, I don't curse as much as I used to. I may curse, I may joke, but I believe that I am a multifaceted person. I am a person um, that can be a lot of things at the same time, and I'm a very spiritual person. I am a true believer in God and Jesus Christ. I am a believer in the Holy Spirit having his way. I am. Um, and I just thank God for where I am now because it has allowed me to reconnect myself to how he views me and how I view myself and how those things are aligned. Um, and that means a lot. And I'm such a purpose-driven person that I always want to make sure that anywhere I go in life, anything I do in life, that I'm a that I am still attached to my God-given purpose and that I am using the things that God equipped me with to accomplish the things that again not only mean something to me but to people i'm a firm believer that like none of this stuff that we do we get to hold in for ourselves forever we're supposed to share we're supposed to be examples we're supposed to pour into our communities we're supposed to uplift we're supposed to like we supposed to be a blueprint for people who don't have a, a blueprint for themselves that's what we're supposed to do so i was always fearful of failing or fearful that when i had these failures in relationships and careers that I was somehow losing my purpose. But as of lately, as of lately, God has shown me, reminded me that my purpose goes with me wherever I go. It doesn't stop when a job ends. It doesn't stop when a relationship ends. It doesn't stop when materialistic things change. It is ever present because it is attached to me. My purpose, your purpose is attached to us as individuals because that's what he assigned to us. It is stamped on our own DNA. It is stamped on our hearts, on our spirits. Wherever we go, our purpose will go. We have to be intentional about tapping into that purpose, acknowledging that purpose. Sometimes we get into environments where we lose sight of that purpose. We define it differently and we have to like redefine it to the point where it's now back aligned with what we were meant to do, who we were meant to be. And I think that's where I am now in this part of my life. Um, and I am, it's been an uncomfortable situation at times, but overall it has been a beautiful, 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 thing because I am reintroducing myself to my strength, my purpose, my talents, my gifts, who I am, who I see myself to be, and who God knows me to be. I wish that for everyone. I like I wish that for everyone. Look at me. I didn't really cry too hard. Um but yeah Thank y'all for listening in. Come back next week. I have some guests on and we'll go into some things about family. And I'll holler at y'all next week. Mwah. Hey, before I let you go, 
I got to give you a quick reminder for you to take throughout the week. The vision that we have over our lives that God blesses us with is fuel for faith. It's the, the first thing that we really use when it comes to faith in it all the way through. He shows us a glimpse of what's to come, what the promise could look like, and we just faith our way through it. And that's really all we need as far as the gas and the momentum. However, a vision without action is just a dream. Action without a vision is a hobby. But a vision with action can change the world and it can start the purpose that God has blessed and ordained you to have. So exercising your faith is your responsibility because it's tied to your vision. It's tied to your purpose. It's tied to you being a child of God that's here for a reason. Also, your relationship with God in your vision, in your purpose, that's between you and God. Now you can share your faith, you can share your purpose, but the origins of all of that is between you and God. Y'all are the starting piece. It's not you and your parents, it's not you and the church leaders, it's you and God. From there, you share your faith. You kind of get to let us see how your faith has allowed you to get as far as you got in life. It's the step of how we tell people how we got over. Nothing but God, nothing but our faith, right? So be mindful that a vision without action is just a dream. An action without a vision is a hobby. But a vision with action and with faith can start your God-given purpose. It can push you out there. And your responsibility is to exercise your faith, to chase after that vision that God blessed you with and showed you, and to know through it all, your relationship with him is going to get you through. So I hope you all have a good week. Thank y'all for listening again. Hope y'all enjoyed the episode. I love y'all. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the checkpoint.podcast or email us any questions that you want us to talk about at the checkpoint.pdcst at gmail.com. Again, the checkpoint.pdcst at gmail.com. Love y'all. Mwah. Thank you.